Thanks for checking out the Christian Life Austin podcast. If this is your first time listening, make sure to check us out at clcaustin.com for more info on how you can connect with us. We trust that you will enjoy today's message. Thank you for listening. But we're starting a series today. Let's jump right in. We're We're starting a series today entitled... Seven decisions. And really, over um, the next few weeks, what we're going to be doing is giving you some really practical principles that, if you choose to implement them, will, I believe, will open the doors of success in every facet of your life. And it will propel you towards the life that God has designed for you to live. And, and as we, we dive into this today, I want you to have an understanding and remember what this concept of a principle really is. So, so here's the definition of a principle. A principle is a fundamental truth or proposition that serves as the foundation for a system of belief or behavior or for a chain of reasoning. And I love principles because if you get principles right, if you get the foundation right, then you have something to build upon, something that will stand the test of time. And so as we dive in today, you got to go into this realizing that this is not just um, an idea or some ideas we're going to throw your way. This is not a few theories that we're going to throw at you. These are not habits at all. No, no, no. These are principles. And principles work every single time, whether you are aware of them or not. Maybe you've heard uh, the phrase, ignorance of the law is no excuse. And I would argue this morning that ignorance of principle is no protection from that principle. Just because uh, one of us is unaware of a particular principle doesn't mean that it's not affecting our life on a daily basis. After all, right, um, the principle of gravity worked long before the apple fell on Sir Isaac Newton's head. But once he understood the principle, mankind was able to harness the power of the principle to create airline flight, to create suspension bridges, and space travel. So I believe, and Pastor believes in trying to come up with a concept for um, this series, we believe that there are principles, godly principles floating around out there of how to live a successful life, maybe parenting, maybe relationally, maybe financially, spiritually. And it's up to you and I to harness the power of these godly principles and put them to play in our every single day life. And so the first principle that we're going to talk about today is not really deep. When you, when you hear me say it, you're not going to be like, oh, wow. That's not, probably not going to happen. If you do, that's awesome. You should just do it for fun to make me feel good. (laughs) The first principle that we're going to talk about today is the responsible decision. The responsible, I told (laughs) you. I feel good. And so in essence, with the responsible decision, here's what we're saying, okay? And just stay with me. Don't, when you hear this, don't say, I'm not listening to anything else he has to say today. Don't do that to me, okay? Stay with me. Here's what we're saying. The buck stops here. I accept responsibility for my past, and I will not let my history control my destiny. Come on. 
And so I want us today, before we go our separate ways at the end of our time together, I want us to come to this realization, and, and I understand that this is not the easiest place to get to, okay? I, I'm going to tell you that from the get-go. This is not the easiest place to say to be able to say this with everything that you have and believe it wholeheartedly. It's not going to be easy for us. But I think by the help and the grace of God, we're going to get there, and, and, and it's this. I am where I am mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, financially, watch this, because of the decisions that I have made. I told you, it's shots fired, I know, I know, it's coming at you hard. I am where I am mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, and financially because of the decisions that you have made. No, 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 no. Because of the decisions I have made. That our decisions, right, have, have always been governed by our thinking. And if this is true, then we are where we are today mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, and financially because of the way that we think. The things that go on in our mind, the things that we allow to take place in our mind, the conversations that we allow to go back and forth in this brain of ours. We are where we are because of the way that we think. Proverbs 23 and 7 would say this, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. And I think today, if we are going to get a grasp on this concept of the responsible decision that we first have to go to the opposite of responsible. And we've got to understand, get a clear picture of what irresponsibility means in our world. You're going to be blown away by this, I'm telling you. Another earth-shattering comment. Stay with me. Irresponsibility is when I don't take responsibility for the things that I am responsible for. (gasps) I know, I know, I know. I told you. I came up with that all by myself. (laughs) And irresponsibility, much like greed and other subtle sins, is almost impossible for us to see in the mirror. Now, I see it in you real quick. You see it in me real quick. Oh, there they go. Not doing what they're supposed to do again. Really? One more time. Come on. But when I look in the mirror, it's not something that we say about ourselves. You look in the mirror, you're like, oh, my hair's crazy. i got to get a haircut. You may say all that stuff about you. But you're not going to look at yourself in the mirror and say, nah, I'm irresponsible. (laughs) No, we don't do that. But we see it in other people extremely quickly. And you've seen this play out in the world around you. Irresponsibility is contagious. Especially when people can be irresponsible and enjoy the rewards that come from it. Why should I work extra hard? Why, why should I pay my own way? Why should I clean up my own messes? Why should I go without? Because of my responsibility? When other people, right, have found a way to get by with being irresponsible. In fact, people have discovered ways to profit off of their irresponsibility. I mean, this cup of coffee, your coffee was too hot, and it spilled in my lap. And it's your fault, because I spilled my coffee 
that you gave to me that I bought that was now in my car, in my hands, and you hit the brake when I slammed the, uh, and the coffee spilled. It's, it's contagious. So let me ask you today, how are you, sir or ma'am, in your homes? How are you on your job If you come home and you feel like just throwing your responsibility to the side, guess what? Your children are going to start to pick up on your irresponsibility. And then later in their teen lives, you're going to wonder, what's going on with my kids? Why why don't they do the things that I ask them to do? Why aren't they a productive citizen in society? And I'll, I'll ask you, how were you with your responsibility? What were they looking at every single day when they came home from school? I told you, listen, shots fired this morning, okay? Stay with me. And you know it as well as I do. What is rewarded is repeated. It's the nature of how the world works. So in a culture, in a society, in a family, in a business where irresponsibility is rewarded, it gets repeated. And this is, why, this is why responsibility is such a huge, huge principle for you and I to get a hold of this morning. Because it's so much larger than what we oftentimes think that it is. It's a community thing. It's a family thing. It's a corporate thing. It's a church thing. It's not an individual thing. This attitude that says, I have the freedom to act irresponsibly. And you don't have the freedom to force me to deal with the chaos created by my irresponsibility. It doesn't work. It doesn't work in a church. It doesn't work in a relationship. It doesn't work in a company. It doesn't work in a nation. Irresponsibility isn't individual. It's corporate. Someone else has to pay the bill for your irresponsibility. And so this morning, it's easy, isn't it, to sit in a building on a beautiful Sunday morning where everything's just nice, worship was fantastic. I mean, it was just your family's with you, and it's just a great day. You've got big plans for the day. You're going to go watch, I don't even know if the Cowboys play, if you're going to watch them, Dak Prescott just take control of the team and dominate. It's going to be good. It's easy for us to sit here and talk about all of those irresponsible people outside of these four walls. It's easy to talk about the irresponsible people that you work with every day. Right? It's easy to talk about the irresponsible families that you see at the gym or wherever it is that you go. It's easy to talk about those people. That's not what I want to do today. I want to take the rest of our time together and I want to talk about us. I want to talk about you and I. I want to talk about the Christian community because as a Christian, you and I cannot throw off our responsibility. You and I must Stop shirking our responsibility. If you have decided that you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you cannot afford to throw your responsibility to the side because ultimately, you and I are accountable to God. You're not ultimately accountable to your mom, to your dad, to your husband, to your wife, to your boss, to your family, even to the president. No, no, no. You are ultimately responsible to God. God has given each and every one of us responsibility, and you and I are accountable to God for what we do with those responsibilities. Christians, let's talk in-house today, okay? You and I should be the most responsible people on the planet. 
We should be the most responsible people that ever walk this earth, the most responsible people with our families and our jobs, because we understand how connected civilization is. We understand the, the connectedness of family and how things in culture connect. You and I, as Christians, should know better. L- let me just talk plain for a second. You and I should be the ones that pay our bills. You and I should be the ones that pay our taxes. You and I should be the ones that clean up our own messes. You and I are the ones that should be able to take care of ourselves and take care of our families. You and I are the ones that should pay our child support. You and I as Christians should be incredible examples of what it means to be responsible. Because ultimately we believe, and I know we've got some crazy beliefs as Christians, but ultimately we believe that we are accountable to God for those responsibilities. We can't afford to be irresponsible in a society that is looking for anything to say about the Christian community, that is looking to say anything against Christians and put Christianity down. You and I as Christians cannot throw our responsibility to the side and think that it's okay. It's not an option for us. And so this morning, I want to tell you and show you really where irresponsibility came into play. And we're going to look at an extremely familiar story, even if you don't call yourself a Christian. I think that you will be familiar with this story in some sense. But we're going to look at it from a slightly different angle today. We're going to look at it through the grid of irresponsibility. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Genesis. I'll tell you the chapter in just a second. Very easy. It's at the very front, if you're wondering. Very front. If you uh, have the church app, yeah, yeah, uh uh-huh, you can follow along on the church app in the Bible section there. The book of Genesis, G, beginning. Are we there yet? Okay. Listen to these words, because it's extremely fascinating. Genesis chapter 1, still probably right there on the first page. Verse 27. So God created human beings in His own image. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, He created them. Isn't this interesting? And we'll find this to be true in just a second. That Before God gives the human race a bunch of stuff to do, before he gives the law, the Ten Commandments, God first gives you and I, human beings, responsibility. Before there was sin in the world, there was responsibility. Listen to verse 28. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. In other words, go and have some babies. But wait, wait, wait a second, God. Don't we need some laws in this land? No, 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 no. Just go and have some babies. What what about the Ten Commandments? No, that doesn't come for hundreds of years later. Just go and have some babies. That's what I'm instructing you to do. And then he says this. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. In other words, God tells Adam and Eve, go have some babies, rule over the earth. Because you as human beings are responsible for the earth. That's what he tells them. There was just one rule. Not ten commandments. Stay away from one tree. And there was a lot of responsibility. 
Genesis 1.29 would say this. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. So in the beginning, God gives mankind responsibility to subdue the earth and to take care of the planet. Mind you, this is before sin. This is before Ten Commandments, before all the thou shalt nots. This is way before all of that. And now, if you're familiar with the story, this is where it kind of takes a little bit of a turn. doesn't go so well at this point. Satan comes into the picture and he tempts Eve. And the Bible says that Adam is right there with her and they both sin. And as soon as they sin, they throw off their accountability to God and they feel ashamed and naked and so they hide. And so listen to this famous conversation in Genesis 3 between Adam and Eve and God, okay? It says this, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Now, have you found it to be true that after you sin, oftentimes you do dumb things? Right? Like you, you do something and then you try to lie to cover it up. To, yeah, yeah, this is the first recorded sin and then do dumb things right after. It was right here found. Okay, you're not the first. Adam and Eve right here, very beginning. Scripture continues, but the Lord God called to the man, where are you? Of course God knows where he is, but it's like you as a father or a mother are trying to give your child the opportunity to be honest and to come clean and to admit something. That's exactly what, what's taking place here. And Adam answers, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? In other words, God's holding Adam accountable. Can you imagine a culture... Can you imagine a family? Can you imagine a business? Can you imagine a church group, a body in which everyone takes responsibility for what is entrusted to them? We wouldn't need a bunch of rules. We wouldn't need a ton of regulation if we as as a group of people in, in whatever it is that every area of our life would just take responsibility for whatever it is that God has entrusted with us. We wouldn't need all of these rules and regulations. It would be so easy. But as human beings, we have an issue with, with the responsible decision. And that's why we're teaching on it today. It's true in a family, in a company, and in a nation. There was just one rule. In the Garden of Eden, just one rule, and Adam and Eve broke it. And the next verse, if you're familiar with the passage, would say this. Adam says, yes, I broke the rule, and I take full responsibility for my actions. Do with me what you will, but leave Eve out of this. She's innocent. (laughs) For those of you that aren't laughing, you have not read the story of creation recently. Because that's not what happens. Scripture actually says this. The man said, the woman, he screams this part. The woman that you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. You know he didn't scream that part. The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit and I ate it. 
Adam shuns the gift of Eve that God had given him. He blames Eve for being there with him. Ultimately, Adam says, listen, I'm not responsible. Sorry. Nice try. I see you trying to put the uh uh-uh. Responsibility to the side. This is not on me, people. You're not going to put this on me. This is a big one, okay? Society will forever look to this. It's not me. Uh Uh-uh. Genesis 3 and 13. Ladies, y'all were laughing. Man, this is about to be your time, okay? Then the Lord God said to the woman... What is this you have done? The woman says, The serpent deceived me, and I ate it. It's not my fault, it's the serpent's fault. Well, why are you blaming me? No, 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 it's the snake. Don't put this on me. No, no, no. Once again, responsibility is not taken. She blames the serpent. And when you and I as a society, as a group of people, allow this type of irresponsibility to invade our life, listen, we start to play an incredibly dangerous game. We start to play the blame game, right? We blame our parents, we blame the weather, the economy, the president, our spouses, our children, our bosses. It's amazing who we can come up with to blame. We, we start to tell ourselves that where I am today is a consequence of what other people, our parents, society, our jobs, and circumstances have done to me. I told you. Not easy. But hear me this morning. When, when we move to this type of thought process of blaming other people and the events in our lives... We weaken our power and we create conflict in many areas of our life. The problem with this kind of thinking, church, is that if you don't accept responsibility for where you are right now, you and I have no hope of changing the future. If we don't accept where we are and how we got here, then we have no hope of saying, you know what, I can move forward. I can be everything that God is calling me to be. It's time for the church to accept some responsibility on where they are in life so that we can move on to be who God has designed for us to be. You don't have to say amen. I promise you, if it's the president's fault, if it's the government's fault, if it's the weather's fault, if it's your boss's fault. Let me ask you a question. What, what are you going to do about the president? What are you going to do about the weather? What are you going to do about your neighbor? What are you going to do about your boss? I'll tell you. You ready? It's so easy. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. If you allow yourself to blame these uncontrollable forces for your lack of success in life, you will forever be caught in the web of the past and a victim to your fears and frustration. I'm teaching to you this morning. Let me tell you a little secret about irresponsibility. Anytime an individual or a group of people acts irresponsibly, someone else has to come along and shoulder the burden of that responsibility. Let's do something. Y'all want to have a little fun? Let's have some fun. Big O, can you help me? Chris, would you help me, man? You guys go on that side. Man, you're a big boy. 
Good Lord. Chris, if I could grow a beard like you, I would. But it doesn't come out like that. It comes out all patchy. Tom and Nancy, would y'all help me as well? I would greatly appreciate it. Okay, so here's what I need you to do. Chris and Big O, right here, please. Y'all stand right here. Y'all pick that rope up. That's going to be for you. Let me get this for you. There you go. Okay, let me get around here. Don't trip me. Don't worry, we're not playing like jump rope or something. That's not what we're going to do. Okay, so these individuals represent life, okay? The life that, that you have to face every single day. This couple represents a great, healthy marriage relationship, okay? So here's what's going to happen. We are going to play a game of tug-of-war. Don't take it so serious. Nancy in the first service, I'm telling you, she's got a competitive nature about her. She was gritting her teeth. I thought, I thought you were going to come out wearing your tennis shoes today so you get a little better grip on the platform. So here's what we're going to do. Y'all, y'all kind of act like you're tugging against each other. Okay, so circumstances, look, Nancy's the one putting the pressure, I'm telling you. Don't be deceived. So they're pulling against, life is pulling against this family. Situations is pulling against this family. They're all taking responsibility. They're, they're holding their share of the responsibility. But Tom decides one day, you know what, I want to step outside of my marriage because this just isn't, rather the grass is greener on the other side. And it's not, all, I mean, I'm tired of living with the same woman. I mean, geez, come on. Yeah. And so Tom... Tom lays his responsibility on the ground and lets it go. Now, mind you, the situations haven't gotten any easier. They're still pulling with the same intensity, but now Tom has neglected his responsibility and he's left his wife to shoulder the consequences of his irresponsibility. Keep pulling. And so what happens now is that she's going to be able to fight and pull for this marriage and this relationship for a little bit, but there's going to come a day, I don't know if you noticed, but Big O's a large human. (laughs) And she's not going to be able to fight, no matter what she has in her, no matter how strong she is, no matter how great of a Christian she is, if Tom neglects his responsibility, she's not going to be able to bear the burdens of his irresponsibility forever. And now we have a split home. And when we have a split home, guess what? That comes into the churches and now our relationships are broken. When you don't accept responsibility for where you are and how you got where you are, you are in essence asking somebody else that's not necessarily responsible for you to shoulder the burden of your irresponsibility. Thank you guys. If you choose to be irresponsible in your marriage, your husband or wife will be hit with the burden of the mess and chaos that you have created. If you choose to be irresponsible with your children, your children will have to to be be born with the burden of not understanding and not knowing what it means to have a mom or dad in the home and they'll have to figure out how to deal with that. If you choose to be irresponsible on your job, you are in essence asking a co-worker or your boss to shoulder the burden of your irresponsibility. But the good news is this, is that if you can look in the mirror and you can say this statement, the buck stops here. I accept responsibility for my past and I will not let my history control my destiny. There is boundless hope because guess what? 
This is so new. I'm telling you, it's going to blow your mind. You can start working on you today. You can start changing things about you today. You can start loving your family greater today. You can start being a better co-worker today. What are you going to do about your boss? Fire him? It don't work that way. What are you going to do about the weather? Nothing. You can start taking steps in the right direction today. God, change me. Give me the vision and the wisdom to see when I look in the mirror what's going on and give me the courage and the faith to walk that out every day in my life, to start moving towards the person that you've got in mind for me to be. This idea of responsibility isn't about blame or making you feel um, bad about your situation. That's not what it's about. Responsibility is about hope. God didn't give you the discernment to make right decisions all the time in life. He did, however, give you the ability to make wrong decisions right. And so when you mess up, when you lay your responsibility down and you look in the mirror and you realize, hey, 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 I've let go of some of my responsibility. I've become irresponsible in different facets of life. Listen, it's up to you. To make the decision to say, you know what, now I'm going to pick my responsibility back up and I'm going to do what God is calling me to do. You're not going to get it right every time. But when you don't get it right and you see it in the mirror, pick it back up and make it happen. As Christians, can I just tell you, as as a Christian community, the words, it's not my fault, should never again come from our mouth. These words, this phrase has been symbolically written on the gravestones of unsuccessful people ever since Adam and Eve took the first bite of that apple. Why don't you tap yourself on the chest and say, the buck stops here. Come on. Yeah. The buck stops here. Stops with me. You know what? Would you stand with me? I'm coming to a close this morning. In the 1920s, a well-known wealthy industrialist controlled a vast portion of our country's prosperity. And with his wealth, he purchased a zoo. You guessed it, a zoo. I know that's what you were thinking. It wasn't a public zoo. It wasn't even a private zoo. It was his own personal zoo located on his estate for the pleasure of his family and for himself. And from time to time, he would allow national figures uh, to view the animals on his property. And in the days before zoo breeding programs traded animals, his zoo was one of the most complete collections the zoological world had ever known. During this time, zookeepers traveled to various countries, mounted safaris, and captured the animals to bring them back. So this is exactly what he did. He mounts an expedition to Africa, including food, supplies, individuals to carry the tents. And when he lands on the African shore, the man contacted the natives to learn about how to capture these individuals and to learn about their whereabouts. And over and over, he was told this this statement, you will never catch one. They're too fast and they're too strong. Sure, you can shoot and kill one from a distance, but you will never get close enough to take one alive. He leaned over to a reporter that was with him on the trip. And he told him this. Don't listen 
to what they're telling me. I'll get as many of them as I want, and it won't be a problem. So the man locates the herd. He pours sweet feed, which is a blend of oats and barley rolled in molasses on the ground in an open area in the middle of the night. Simply walks away. The next night, he scatters the feed again. For two weeks, he spread the feed night after night. The animals, of course, would come in and eat it night after night. And on the first night of the third week, he scatters the feed and he sinks an eight-foot post, 20 feet, on one side of the feed. The next night, he scattered the feed and sank another post into the ground, 20 feet in the opposite direction. Every night, he added a post, and then he started putting boards between the post while scattering the feed. Six weeks would roll by, and he continued adding posts and boards until he had a corral built around his feed. Every night, these animals would find their way between the gaps until finally he watched the entire herd squeeze through the final gap. He moved in behind them, nailed the last board into place. These animals were now trapped in his corral. And he he would choose the animals that he would want to take back with him, and he let the others go. And when he was asked, how was it that you were able to catch them? He said something that was pretty, pretty chilling. He said, I treat animals the same way I treat people. I give them what they want. I give them food and shelter. And in exchange, they give to me their beauty and their freedom. I want to ask you a question this morning as we wrap our time up together. Are you trading your beauty and your freedom To help someone else's dreams come true. Hear me. You trade away your freedom every time you blame your parents. Every time you blame your spouse. Every time you blame your boss. Every time you blame the weather. Every time you blame a colleague for your present situation. You trade away your freedom every time you blame your education or lack thereof. You blame your genetics or the circumstantial ebb and flow of everyday life. But I've got hope for you. The bad news is the past was in your hands. But the good news is if that's true, then the future is also in your hands. And you can start, we can start as a community, as a group of believers, as the Christian community, you and I can start to get this decision of responsibility right again. And we can start seeing it filter throughout our jobs, throughout our families, throughout society, throughout our country. And I told you that this is not easy, but until we take responsibility for where we are, there is no basis for moving on. But by taking responsibility, we have hope. And so here's how I want to end our time together today. Because we say a lot of negative stuff. And and, and the tongue is a powerful, powerful weapon. And we speak things into existence in our own world that oftentimes we have no clue what we're, we're speaking. And so I want to change, I want to change the tone and I want to change what we're saying today, okay? 
And I think as a group of believers, if we can get this right, this principle works every time. If we put it into practice in our own life. So we're going to say this together, okay? I'm not going to single you out. I'm not going to say, listen, if you've been irresponsible, why don't you run down to the altar? That's not what we're going to do. I don't want to make you feel dumb. So we're going to do it together because the truth of the matter is every single one of us in here, it's in us to throw our responsibility to the side and let somebody else deal with it. So we're all guilty of this. And so I think together we're going to start to speak some new things into existence in our own lives. Are you ready? So let's repeat this. Repeat this after me. The buck stops here. The stops here. I, accept responsibility I accept responsibility for my past. For my past. And, I and I will not let my history control my destiny. I am where I am. I am, where I am. Mentally. Mentally. Physically. Physically. Spiritually. Spiritually. Emotionally. And financially, because of the decisions I have made. If you've said that, listen, and you believe that, it may have just been something you said because everybody was saying it and you didn't want to feel left out. But when we can get to a point where we believe that wholeheartedly, when we can look in the mirror and say, yeah, it really is me that's responsible for where I am. I've come to tell you today that you've got hope because you can start working on you today. And here's the truth of the matter. Here's the truth of the matter. As talented as you are, as smart as we are, as great of people as we are, we can start changing us together today. Woo, yes. We can't do it alone. I can't do it alone. I know I can't fix my irresponsibility on my, by myself. We need the presence of Almighty God to walk with us every single moment of every single day. Because we've gotten ourselves... This, By being irresponsible, we've walked into some really, really big situations in our lives that we don't have the ability to dig ourselves out of. And so today, before we leave, I'm just going to pray over every individual in the house. And I want you to pray as well. That God would would do whatever it is that needs to be seen in you, whatever you need to look in the mirror and realize about yourself, that you would see it, but not only see it, that he would give you the courage and the faith to start walking it out in your everyday life so that you would be a different person in your homes, on your jobs, and with your families. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you today. God, I thank you for the incredible group of people that I had the privilege of delivering your word to today. And God, I pray with everything that I have, Lord, I pray that when we look in the mirror, that we would have a true understanding. And that concludes today's message. Please visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, to register for an upcoming event, or to support the Christian Life Ministry through our online giving portal. Thank you for listening.